Welcome, 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 friends. Come one, come all, because it is time for another episode of Pop Culture Friday. My favorite day of the week, because I get to jump on here and just talk to y'all about the pop culture stuff going on in the world. The stuff that really gets me going, the stuff that is so dumb, but we still care about it for some reason. I don't know why. Just like you, I probably don't know why I care, but I do, and I find it so interesting. Alas, there's a place for people like you and me who love our pop culture and love to get our fix, and I am here to bring it to you. Every Friday, I bring you guys this show. I like to keep it short and sweet between 20 and 30 minutes. You don't have to have your head in People Magazine. You don't have to be on E! News all day, every day. I'm going to give you all the real stuff, none of the fluff, because we know there's a lot of fluff that comes in a lot of those different sites, and I'm not about that. So you just got to come here, and I'm going to give it to you every week, hard, fast, and to the point. So with that being said, let's get into it. No more time to waste. This week was weird in pop culture. I, I, in my opinion, honestly, there were some things that I thought were really great and newsworthy and other things where I was like, is there really nothing else going on? So it's kind of up and down and maybe you guys will disagree with me, but there are some things that we're waiting to hear on. I would love to be able to report on the Lori Loughlin case, but I cannot. That sentencing is going on today on Friday and that will probably not be released till later in the day. So hopefully I can talk about that next week, Friday. That is big news. It's been going around for over a year, the college admissions scandal, as we all know. So that I cannot report on, sadly. That would have been big news to break this week, but stay tuned. That will be coming next week. So we have to include some Bachelor Nation news. I mean, we don't have to, but it seems like all hell is breaking loose with Bachelor Nation. So I'm going to report on it. So this is the latest to come out. And this actually broke late last week, but I had so much Bachelor news to cover with Colton and Reality Steve and his interview that I did not include this last week. But I think we should talk about it because there is some, I smell something funny. Jojo Fletcher will temporarily replace Chris Harrison as the host of the upcoming season of The Bachelorette. Yeah. I know. Tricky. Let's dive in more. Bachelor host and fan fave Chris Harrison recently left, quote, the Bachelor bubble, end quote, to take his son Joshua to college. Sources confirmed to E that since Chris left the set and will now have to quarantine upon return, Jojo Fletcher will temporarily replace him as host. Due to the pandemic, The Bachelorette has moved all production to the La Quinta Resort in Palm Springs, and all cast and crew have to quarantine for several days and receive multiple negative COVID-19 tests before they are allowed on set. Even Chris Harrison is not above the rules, and a source says JoJo has already completed the quarantine. JoJo was The Bachelorette in season 12. She got engaged to Jordan Rogers, little brother of Aaron Rodgers. And they are still planning their pandemic-delayed wedding, while they also host a home renovation show called Crash Pad together on CNBC. A couple of other Bachelor alums have been spotted on set recently. Becca Cuffrin, Hannah Ann Sluice, and Wells Adams has actually also been spotted on set. So that is our update from Bachelor Nation. The big news I want to get to is JoJo replacing Chris Harrison. When I first heard this, I was like, wait, what's going on? You know, because the headlines are all, you know, the headlines are, are clickbait. They're like Chris Harrison, you know, taking a break from the show or whatever they are. JoJo to replace Chris Harrison, which is part of the story, but it's not the entire story. So this, however, is strange to me that, I mean, Chris Harrison, I understand he wants to take his child to college. His son's going to TCU. So I understand that he wanted to do that. But 
I think that this was probably either planned and The Bachelor just didn't want to tell us about it or it was not planned and Chris Harrison thought he could get by, you know, because he's Chris Harrison. And he was like, well, I'm just going to leave for a little bit, take my son and I'll be back. I'm not sure. But this I I mean, his college move and date, granted, with COVID, you never know what's going on. But still, like you had to have seen gradually as things were getting closer, like, okay, we're going to move in. He's going to move in. School's going to happen. Like, I'm going to have to I want to be there for this. This is a big, you know, rite of passage in my son's life. And so you would have thought that this would have been something they would have predicted and planned for. But it really sounds like it just came by the seat of their pants and they're just pulling JoJo in as as the host. And like I said, you would think that they would have had a backup ready. And if they would have had a backup ready, I'm really surprised that JoJo was the pick. I mean, granted, she has her own show on CNBC with Jordan, but she if I were making the rules, she would not be in my top three to take up hosting the show. My top three would probably be Wells Adams, who let's remember is a radio personality, a radio host. So he is a host by nature. Then it would probably be Ben Higgins. And then I'm not sure who would come in next. Maybe Nick Viall. I'm, I'm not sure. But I don't think JoJo would be in my top three. So I'm really surprised that they gave the job to her over someone like Wells, who is probably more qualified in this sense. But I mean, maybe they wanted to try out having a woman. I'm not really sure. But this whole scenario just seems weird. How did they not anticipate this happening? How did they not have a better plan in place? How did they just kind of happen, supposedly? I'm not sure. It's just it's weird to me. It's strange. It's weird. And I'm hearing a lot of reports out of Bachelor Nation that this whole season is just really fucking weird. And there's a lot of rumors going around. And I don't know what to believe. I'm not going to report on any of them because I cannot confirm them. And they all sound really outlandish. But it's just there's shit going on. I'll just say that from what I've heard. All right. Story number two is also extremely clickbaity news. Brad Pitt and Jen Aniston are reuniting. Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt are set to reunite virtually. The stars who were married for five years before announcing their breakup in January 2005 have signed on to participate in Dane Cook's upcoming Feeling Alive event. During the virtual fundraiser, Aniston, Pitt, and fellow A-list stars will have a live table read on the 1982 film Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Jimmy Kimmel, Morgan Freeman, Henry Golding, Shia LaBeouf, Matthew McConaughey, Julia Roberts, and Sean Penn, who actually starred in the film, will also take part in the event. It is set to stream online this Friday, August 21st. Feeling Alive is a fundraiser for the emergency relief nonprofit CORE, which is the humanitarian organization co-founded by Sean Penn and CEO Ann Lee, as well as the Reform Alliance, which is also focused on passing laws to reform the criminal justice system and protecting the incarcerated population from the spread of COVID-19. So you can see after I read that why this is extremely clickbaity and I'm not that like pumped about I I love me some Brad Pitt and some Jen Aniston reuniting. I mean, I dream of it, honestly. Last year at the SAG Awards when those pictures went viral of Jen like touching his chest and him like clutching her hand and them smiling at each other. I mean, I was giddy for for weeks, months maybe. I mean, I'm I might still be giddy, honestly. It was everything I wanted. And we know that his divorce with Angelina Jolie is getting messy and dirty, which is honestly sad to see. I don't ever want to see that, especially when children are involved. So it's sad to see. But him and Jen were such America's sweethearts and America loved them as a couple so much. And I think most of America was really, I mean, maybe this is just me because I'm so Jen Aniston obsessed, but I think most of America was really uh, pro-Jen, pro-Jen and Brad. And they were sad to see this marriage come to an end. But 
this is just super, super clickbaity. They're not even going to be in the same room. They're going to be on the same, what, virtual platform or whatever. But unless I'm hearing them talk to one another, you know, if there's a moment where Brad says, Jen, you look great. Good to see you or something like that. Like that would be that would be that would kind of tickle me. Honestly, that would give me a little bit of giddiness. But the fact that this is virtual and they're probably not interacting much one-on-one doesn't do much for me. And to be honest with you, table reads for the most part are pretty boring. I mean, I'm not an actor and I don't sit in on a lot of them, but from every actor I've heard and from everything I've seen and heard about the movie making process and the TV making process, it it is like usually boring. Granted, there are some huge A-list stars in here. I mean, these are some big names. I'm impressed they got all these people to sign on. So maybe it will be entertaining and them knowing that it's being done for charity. Maybe they'll put a lot into it. But again, the fact that it's virtual, I cannot, I'm just not that super duper like pumped about this. Great. I hope that maybe they acknowledge each other one-on-one, but otherwise, I don't know. This is just clickbaity to me. Story number three. Lauren Conrad speaks out after James Charles says she has, quote, no business, end quote, launching a beauty brand. The outspoken YouTube star is at it again, this time calling out LC for mistakenly sending him a PR package filled with empty products from her new clean beauty line. Taking to Instagram stories, James showed his followers the empty liquid highlighter tube and dry eyeliner pen he received in the mail. Without mentioning Lauren by name, the 21-year-old scuffled, quote, I just opened a PR package from a new makeup brand for somebody who has no business having a makeup brand, end quote. Lauren, presumably eager to clear the air, confirmed the products were hers and took responsibility for the mix-up. Quote, for those asking about the empty components sent to James, let me tell you a funny story. The woman who put together the gifts, it was me, decided to fill a makeup bag of empty samples to make sure everything would fit inside, Lauren explained. When beauty products arrived and it was time to fill all the makeup bags, she, again me, accidentally included the bag of full empties with the others that was sent out. She will be let go immediately, Lauren joked. Then on Thursday, August 20th, James returned to Instagram with a personal apology to Lauren. Quote, wanted to write an apology to at Lauren Conrad for my stories earlier, he wrote. I've been on the verge of tears all day long from a ton of things going wrong and opening her PR package was the icing on the cake of weird things happening today. My stories talking about the products were supposed to be funny, but they just came across as nasty because I was so upset, not with her, but with other things that happened today. Lauren and I spoke privately about the misunderstanding and are both good, end quote. James recently came under fire for publicly criticizing Alicia Keys' newly launched skincare and beauty line. He ultimately apologized for what he described were, quote, childish remarks, tweeting on August 6th, quote, I was bothered because many celebrities come into the beauty space as a cash grab without any actual passion and then leave, end quote. You might be thinking this is a weird story for me to bring up on Pop Culture Friday because it is not typical of what I probably would bring up, but there's a couple of things I want to highlight here. And there's a couple of reasons why I thought this should be included as one of the top five stories of the week. First of all, James Charles is known in the YouTube world as being nasty and immature and mean to a lot of people. This is the, I mean, I see his name all over with feuds, quote unquote feuds with other YouTubers. He's constantly saying things like that. He just, as I read in the article, literally just a week or so ago, did the same thing to Alicia Keys and was a huge dick to her. He also got in a huge fight with Tati Westbrook that went viral and was all over E! News and was all a huge deal approximately eight months to a year ago. I mean, this kid 
I understand he's a really talented when it comes to makeup and I respect that and whatnot, but he's 21 and he is obviously one of those people who has gotten a lot of money and a lot of fame at a young age and has not had to answer for a lot of his actions or he's just surrounded by a bunch of yes people who don't tell him to shut the fuck up and grow up sometimes. I mean, this is ridiculous. I, I don't understand this. I am not like super into the beauty YouTube space. I know who Tati is. I know who some other people are. But I mean, this is ridiculous. I'm so sick of seeing this guy's name pop up on E! News and these other platforms for these feuds that he is constantly starting. I mean, he is starting these feuds. He is going after these celebrities for starting their own lines for no reason. And the other part of me honestly understands what he is saying when he had the quote here that said, Many celebrities come into the beauty space with a, as a cash grab without any actual passion and then leave. I, I understand this and I hear this because honestly, I feel this way about hosting and celebrities who are actors or reality stars, and then they want to dip their toes in the hosting field because it's a cash grab because they have a name and they know they can get, you know, a job on like a network and, and whatever. I mentioned this when Kristen Cavallari was hosting a reality show, Paradise Hotel or whatever it was called on NBC, or I don't even remember when it was like last summer. And she was awful. Like the show, the show was like average, but she was bad. And it bothered me because the only reason why she got that position was because she's Kristen Cavallari and she was not a good host. There are so many other hosts, people who are trained in this, people who are passionate about this, people who do this for a living that would have been so, I mean, I wish one of those no-name people, granted they're no-name people, but I wish they would have gotten that spot instead of her. And yes, maybe I'm just being jealous or whatever because I am a host and I'm no-name compared to Kristen Cavallari, but... I understand what he's saying, that people with a name decide that they want to dip their toes in XYZ space and they don't really have the passion. They're just kind of like, oh, this looks fun. Like, I'll do this. Blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, uh, um, six months later, um, a year later, they're out and because they're on to the next thing. So I agree with what he is saying. And I am also annoyed and troubled by that. My problem is in his delivery and how he is delivering this by personally attacking these people and their brands for no reason. You don't, to get your point across, you don't need to attack other people. <laughs> you just don't. And I know that I'm, I quote unquote, I kind of attacked Kristen then, but I, I'm not like, I guess I was just using her as an example. There are plenty of other times when this has happened, but I'm using her as an example. I don't mean to attack her. Kristen is so successful at what she does. She runs an amazing company. She's super entertaining. She has a family. I, I honestly look up to her a lot, but she just I'm just telling my opinion that I don't think she is a good host. I don't think it's a field that she should should be in much. She does some contributing on E! News, which she does a great job, but contributing from the red carpet and hosting a show are completely different. So I don't mean to attack her. I hope it doesn't come off like that. But the way he's going about literally attacking and being really mean into these celebs for doing whatever the fuck they want is really annoying to me. And I'm he needs to grow up. I'm so sick of seeing his name plastered off of all these feuds. I don't see his name on my feed for anything good. You know, I don't see his name like that he launched a new great product or that he's doing this initiative or donating this during COVID or helping people in any way or whatever it is. I don't see him for that. I only see his name on my feed when he's caught when he's stirring the shit pot, honestly, and it's so annoying. 
The other thing about this story that I really love is I think Lauren handled it the exactly correct way. She owned up to it, even though James did not call her out by name. She just came forward and said it. She apologized and made a joke about it and and moved forward. And it's one of the things I love about Lauren is that she just owned it. I love people who can own their shit. And she did. She just owned it. She made a joke of it. It's not a big deal. It was a mistake. It is a new company. They're, you know, going through some of the rough patches of starting a new company. So I think that she handled it like absolutely perfect. So kudos to her. That's another thing I wanted to mention that if something like this happens, you know, Lauren's coming out smelling like roses because she handled it the perfect way. James is coming out looking like an immature little turd who can't handle his emotions and his feelings at any given moment. Story number four, Kelly Osborne reveals gastric sleeve surgery helped her to lose 85 pounds. On Thursday, August 20th, the celeb revealed on the Hollywood Raw podcast that she achieved her slimmer figure by overhauling her lifestyle and undergoing gastric sleeve surgery. Kelly has previously said that she lost around 85 pounds within the last two years, leaving fans eager to know her weight loss tips and tricks. Regarding the speculation around her new look, Kelly confirmed, I had surgery. I don't give a fuck anymore what anyone has to say. I did it. I'm proud of it. They can suck shit. End quote. She said there's no shame in turning to bariatric surgery, explaining that with the sleeve, if you don't, quote, work out and don't eat right, you will gain weight, end quote. Quote, I want to be really clear about this kind of surgery I had. All it does is move you in the right direction. So anyone who is thinking of doing something like this, really think about that, end quote, she shared. Another story that's probably kind of random for me to bring up in this podcast, but again, there's a couple of reasons why I wanted to bring this up. Number one, this is happening a lot with celebs who are losing a lot of weight. We're seeing this with Adele, who famously went through a divorce and then lost a ton of weight. And now every time she posts a picture, everyone just oogles at how amazing she looks, how she got so skinny, how it's her revenge body, all this bullshit about how she's so skinny, wanting to know what she did. And I understand she does look great, but it gets obsessive, I think. And the way we focus so much on these people's bodies is obsessive, I think, and a bit like inappropriate at times. So obviously, Kelly Osborne is, you know, to a lesser extent, receiving the same amount of attention. She lost a lot of weight. So people are like, oh, my God, what did you do? I have to know your tips. I have to know what you did, your your tricks, blah, 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 blah. And at the end of the day, Everyone knows that there's no tricks to losing that 85 pounds. Maybe there are tricks to losing five pounds, but losing 85 pounds, there's no tricks to that. She ate healthier and she worked out more. The other thing that I really love about this story is that she is just being honest about what she did. And I don't see anything wrong with getting the surgery that she got. And I really don't see anything wrong. In fact, I applaud celebrities who are not afraid to own up to the work, quote unquote, work that they have had done because it paints this unrealistic expectation of beauty for regular people like you and I who think that Khloe Kardashian and Kylie Jenner, you know, have the bodies and faces that they do naturally when we know that that is clearly not the case. Clearly not the case. But, you know, those people refusing to say, yeah, I get my lips done. Yeah, I get filler in my cheeks. Yeah, I do this, that and the other thing to make my waist super small and my butt super curvy. People like that refusing to acknowledge that it creates a toxic culture of beauty. And it is absolutely disgusting to me. And it's going to be disgusting, you know, heaven forbid, if I have a young daughter someday who has to look, I mean, I hope that the culture has changed by then. There are some amazing body activists out there that are really encouraging and really promoting a healthy, natural 
body and or if they if they do have you know exceptionally big boobs and a small waist and a big butt they are being open and honest that they paid for it it is not natural and that is what I want to see I don't have a problem with anyone doing what they want to do to make themselves feel better granted some of the people that go on botched and that are obsessed with plastic surgery I mean they have a problem they have an addiction problem for sure but if your nose has always bothered you and you want to get a nose job girl go get a nose job if you can afford it and you think it would make you more confident go do it if you want to get your lips injected, if you want to get Botox, that's fine. Go do it. If you can afford it and you want to do it and it'll give you more confidence, then I think you should do it. I have no problem with that. The problem that I have is people who refuse to admit that they have had help and natural enhancements and they have paid for certain things in their life. Just be honest. The fact that Kelly was honest about this and she said, I don't give a fuck what anyone has to say really makes me respect her and love her even more and really just be proud of her and the fact that she admitted she needed help. She got help, but she has continued to make changes and she has continued to eat well, exercise, and change her lifestyle, but she did need help to put her, as she said, going in the right direction. You've probably also noticed on this show that I am very reluctant to talk about the Kardashians in any news. Chloe famously has a lot of stuff going on with Tristan. She also famously has a lot of stuff going on with her face and all of the changes her face have made. I have not brought up any of that and talked about it. I really don't care to. I really am not a huge fan of the Kardashians and what they stand for. Granted, they know how to take an opportunity and capitalize it. So I have respect for them in that sense. But some of the things they stand for, you know, besides that, I'm not, for the most part, unless it's huge news, I'm not going to talk about it here on this show. I just don't, I don't want to. I don't see a need to and I don't want to. Moral of the story, Kelly, amazing. Thank you for owning your stuff. Thank you for being honest about what you did to live the best and healthiest version of your life. And just keep doing what you're doing. Be proud, be honest, and just be you. Does that not sound like one of those dumbass like boards that you buy in Kohl's that's like live, laugh, love, be honest, be you. Oh, I kind of want to vomit just having said that. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm sorry you had to listen to that. All right. Our fifth and final story is a reboot watch story. All right. Last week, I told y'all about Saved by the Bell and the Fresh Prince. They were both in works to get rebooted. And I also talked about how reboots can be real good or real bad. Well, we got another show on Reboot Watch. Can you guess what it is? I'll give you a hint. As if. All right. Did you get it? It's Clueless, you guys. Clueless is headed to Peacock for a reboot. Peacock confirmed to E! News that a Clueless reboot is in development. However, the new series will center around Dion rather than Queen Bee Share. Murmurings of a Clueless reboot first circulated back in October, but no network or streaming device laid claim to it at the time. The new Clueless iteration has been described as, quote, a baby pink, bisexual, blue-tinted, tiny sunglass-wearing, oat milk latte, and Adderall-fueled look at what happens when Queen Bee Cher disappears and her lifelong number two, Dion, steps into Cher's vacant Air Jordans, end quote. Wow. What a uh, description. (laughs) The Dion-centric Clueless will follow the high schooler as she faces the pressures of becoming the new popular girl, not to mention there's still the mystery of what happened to Cher. Okay. As I said, that was quite the description. Um, Interesting. I'm not sure what it will entail. I can only guess by that description. I think it's great that they're doing a new spin on it. There was a Clueless TV show that came right after, you know, the movie was in like 1995, I think it was. And then the show started in 96 and went till 99, I believe. So they already did a Clueless show with Alicia Silverstein and then who, um, Stacey Dash, that's who played Dion. So they already did a show with them. So 
I like the fact that they're doing a new take on that with making Dion the main character. And I think it's a really, you know, especially in this movement of what's going on and really lifting up black creators, black authors, black shop owners with the Black Lives Matter movement. I think this is great. I think Dion is definitely compelling enough. And I think in the spots where she does not developed enough or was not developed enough as a character in the movie and the show. I think that there's room for them to develop her more throughout good writing. I think there needs to be good writing and good character development. And I think they need to pick the right person to play Dion, honestly. Casting is huge. And so I really, really think those things are going to be the magic mix. If they can write something good and compelling and develop her as a character as the lead and then cast someone who perfectly encompasses that, this could be a hit. And I really love that they're doing it. Clueless is one of those just like cult classic shows. And as we know, Cher was always the iconic star of the show. And we saw that with a lot of 90s movies. There was usually a white, blonde, pretty girl that was the star. And then she, you know, famously had the black friend. Uh, Clueless was one version of that then. And she's all that. Gabrielle Union was the black friend to the popular girl Taylor Vaughn in that movie. And then in 10 Things I Hate About You, of course, Bianca's best friend is also a black girl as well. So the black girl is like always, especially in those 90s movies, always the best friend, but never the lead. So I love the fact that they are turning this on its head and taking a more modern approach to it. I'm excited to see what they do with this. Like I said, reboots, good, bad. It's usually one extreme to the other. So I hope this falls on the good side. We will see. All right, you guys, before we end the show, we have to do congrats and condolences of the week. Congrats this week go out to Ryan Reynolds, that beautiful man. He just sold his co-owned liquor company for $610 million. Good for him. That is a nice payday. I hope he takes it and buys his beautiful wife and kids something really nice because they are just a good looking family. Condolences this week go out to a couple of different people. We got a couple of condolences. So first condolence goes out to Bachelor Nation couple Crystal Nielsen and Chris Rondone, who officially filed for divorce. The two announced a separation in February of 2020 after less than a year of marriage. It was really stunning and shocking to all of Bachelor Nation, and they are indeed going ahead with a divorce. Condolences to them on that. Our other condolence of the week goes out to Dax Shepard, who suffered multiple injuries after a recent motorcycle accident. He was on a track, so it was not an open road injury, which is good because no one else was hurt. But the star ended up with four broken ribs, a broken clavicle in three places, and a broken hand. He also mentioned he will have to have surgery or to fix some of his wounds. So he is recovering, and he was very remorseful, felt very bad about it, and took full ownership of the fact that it was his fault. But still sad to see. I love Dax. He's one of my favorites, and I love his wife, Kristen Bell. They are just, they're one of my fave couples. So condolences go out to those people. Hope they are doing better and feeling better very soon. There you have it, Candies. Those are my top five pop culture stories of the week. I hope you loved this. If you did love today's show, then hey, come on back next Friday. I'll be here again, ready to give you all the tea. And if you're in the market for some real life topics, come back on Tuesday where I talk openly and honestly about the messiness of being a human and even invite some of my super awesome, talented friends on the show to share their stories as well. Before you leave, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, take a screenshot of this episode and share it to your stories. Make sure you tag me, tell a friend, tell a stranger, tell your Uber driver, tell your dog, tell everyone. Last but not least, leave us a five-star rating and write a review about how I am your internet bestie and you love hanging out with me every Friday. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week. I am signing off. Enjoy your weekend, adopt, don't shop, spay and neuter your pets, and be kind to one another.